supplements should be a complement to a whole food diet. Like you should not be using supplements as a, you know, to, to, to fill your diet. It shouldn't be something that you rely on real whole foods first. That should make up the bulk of your diet, 95% even. And that's because whole food is more satiating. It helps with blood glucose control. It helps prevent disease, phytonutrients, vitamins, minerals, antioxidants, all of those things that you get in real food. Welcome to the Feisty Women's Performance Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Gross, Ironman champion, PhD in women's history, and founder and CEO of Feisty Media. I started this show because I wanted to cut through the BS of diet culture and fitness culture and actually learn from high achieving women at the top of their game who have figured out how to feel and perform their best at every stage of life. So I chat with experts, elite athletes and leaders who have learned to succeed despite the massive gender data gap in exercise and medical science and product development. Every episode is filled with information, advice, and anecdotes that will help you fulfill your potential as an athlete, mom, leader, or business owner. And listen up. If you don't subscribe to our women's performance newsletter, you are definitely missing out. It's totally free. So head over to womensperformance.com and subscribe now. That's womensperformance.com. This podcast is a production of Feisty Media. Hi, Feisties. Hope everyone is having a wonderful day so far. Thank you for tuning into the podcast. Today, I have a really fun interview with someone. You know, does anyone have kind of internet friends or Instagram slash Facebook friends that you kind of know from the internet and you maybe talk to each other sometimes, but you've never met in person? Or you know you share the same values because of the things that they, types of things they tend to post, and um, you've just never had a chance to talk to them? Well, luckily for me, (laughs) I have been able to talk to Elizabeth Impine uh, this week for the podcast. She is someone who um, I've known for a long time via the internet, but have never actually met or talked to. Like many of our guests, Elizabeth is a lifetime athlete and a coach. She was an NCAA Division I distance swimmer and water polo player who transitioned into triathlon after college. Elizabeth has an undergraduate degree in biochemistry, a master's in applied exercise science, a master's in education in health sciences, and she is also a certified sports nutritionist and holds a plant-based nutrition certification from the T. Colin Campbell Institute. So basically, she knows her shit when it comes to sports nutrition. She has a lot of experience working with high-level athletes. So I asked Elizabeth a lot of questions that I was wondering about supplements and about some of the, the more common challenges she sees for female athletes. And besides the fact that I felt like I was talking to an old friend, I also love how Elizabeth intertwines her own story with her clear love and expertise in human nutrition and performance. And on top of it all, Elizabeth also works with two of our key sponsors here at Feisty, Inside Tracker and Fuelin App. And so we also talk a little bit about how we can use those two tools and use them together to create our best performances as athletes. 
That's enough from me. We're just going to have a little word from our sponsors, and then we talk to Elizabeth. Hi, Elizabeth. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Sarah. Thank you for having me. Excited to be here. <laughs> I, I am actually quite excited. I, um, I've seen your name and face on the internet a lot because we've both kind of been hanging around the Iron Man triathlon world for a while. And I, I remember coming across, because you were quite vocal, as I recall, about 50 Women to Kona, as was I back when we were trying to advocate to get equal number of slots for the pro women as the pro men at the Ironman World Championship. Um, and then I was chatting with you before the show and you said you had a bit of a, an arc on that or, or that you had learned something. Do you, tell, tell me sure, about that. Yeah, I wanted yeah. to hear it, but I didn't want to waste it before yeah. the show. So, <laughs> so, uh, gosh, that seems like so long ago that we were doing that. I mean, and it was, it was years and years ago. Um, so for those that maybe weren't familiar with it, we, there Ironman didn't have an equal number of pro men and women and their logic behind that was, you know, I don't know if it's like the electoral college. Well, there are more women or more men participating and the, you know, all the excuses, the sport is more entertaining for men. So we have more men at the front. There's more room for men. I mean, the, the list went on and on. There's not enough room on the pier. It's my personal favorite. And then they proceeded to add like in the next couple of years, over 200 more people to the race. (laughs) And how those people got on, I'm not exactly sure. How did they fit? Yeah. (laughs) I don't think they uh, enlarged the pier at all, but I'm not an expert. So yeah, so it just, and it was at a time in my life when I think I was kind of finding my voice. I have always been historically very conflict averse. I have opinions, but I always tried to be that person that, well, what you think is, is what you think. And I'm going to think this. And it just, I think it was a key moment, I think in my own development of realizing if something you need to speak up and it's okay to speak up and that's not going to make people dislike you. And it's not going to make you seem angry. Um, And if anything, you know, at the time my young niece was starting, you know, to get into triathlon and um, I could look at her and see and think, I want, I I don't want her to feel like she doesn't have an an equal spot or, or that men's racing is more entertaining. And it just, it kind of just ignited a spark in me that uh, speaking up and then, you know, here we are, you know eight years later and exactly how many, and boy, do I have an opinion on just about everything. And I quite enjoy sharing it for, you know, uh, from everything that's going on in our crazy world right now. But um, yeah, it really just sparked this passion in me to speak up when something isn't right, or when a voice isn't being heard. And I just think that there weren't enough women at the time that felt like they could say anything because they didn't want to make Iron Man mad and, or, or again, look like they were causing a stir. I think I definitely remember getting direct messages of people. Why, why are you causing such a, such a stir? Iron Man's fine. And I thought, well, okay, maybe for you. <laughs> totally. I thought that's great. I, it sounds like you sort of found your voice around, around that. And in a way, like I had a similar journey to around, like that was 
the first time that I stood up for something and actually had like media attention around it too, like where, where I, I got vocal (laughs) and I, and I, you know, and I decided to write about it. I kind of went all in on that and started working with like what I got interviewed more because of that. And I realized, oh, the media has like the media actually has an impact. And that's how I ended up kind of here as well. Like, okay, let's produce podcasts. Let's like, let's advertise more women's voices and have more different opinions out there, et cetera, et cetera. So it was definitely pivotal for me as well. So I I love that, that that was your journey too. And it's amazing that it takes something feeling like we're being, like it's being taken away or that it's the access isn't there to get you to speak up. Right. And and then to change the course of, of your professional and personal life. Mm-hmm. It's remarkable. I'm glad, I'm yeah. so glad that we, you know, for all the problems that the world has right now, I'm glad that we can speak up. Yeah. And I also had a, we're like, wait, we're not even on nutrition yet, but <laughs> I like, I definitely had a moment with it around like everyone is entitled to an opinion but not all opinions have equal value or need to have equal value. And, and that, you know, if I was going to speak up about something, I want to know, I want to gather the information first, right? I want to like know why and really understand my why and be able to back that up too, because there's so many opinions in the world, obviously like Twitter's <laughs> and Twitter seems to be the hotbed for it. Um, but yeah, knowing like, just like helping me to really kind of, I'm like, the listeners can't see me, but I'm like pulling my hands together, like kind of pulled together. Like, why do I have an opinion specifically about this? Is it worth stating publicly? And, and what am I going to do with it? You know? Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I, one of the, I've always admired this about you is that you, you bring in other educated opinions. Like you don't Mm -hmm. just let people kind of spout off. And I think the value in having different opinions on different sides, but listening to the, the reasoning behind there and really presents a full, you don't just present one side or one, um, you know, idea or whatever, like it's a very well-rounded. And I think that's important for discussion because like you said, not all opinions are great, but we still have to understand other people's opinions in order to either change their mind or, or potentially change our mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And speaking of educated opinions, I, I really would like yours on some nutrition topics. Um, <laughs> we, you, know, <laughs> you mentioned before the show that you sort of had, in addition to like all your education experience with nutrition, that you also had your own journey around trying out a plant-based diet and not plant-based diet. Mm-hmm. I would love to hear about that because I have a little bit of a journey too, but mine's just like total experience. I don't have the education piece. Um, so, so tell me about that. Sure, sure. So when I started this, I didn't have the education piece to go along with it either. I was in my early 20s. I mean, and I had, you know, college experience, but the sports nutrition side, I didn't have that component of it yet. And um, I guess kind of like a lot of women at that age, you're kind of trying to figure out what works for you in life and career. And at the time, that's when blogs really started, you know, to get popular and, and I would read different blogs and, um, there were a lot around, gosh, the, the raw, raw food, plant-based movement oh, yeah. for health. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I can still think of 
different pot, uh, blogs that I would find and read and try recipes. And I thought, well, you know, this was post-college and I had kind of stopped swimming. I was a swimmer and, you know, going from swimming like six hours a day, five, four to six hours a day to doing, you know, nothing, your body changes and you get a little more, you know, it was the first time in my life I ever had to think about what I was eating. And, and that message that kind of, well, control, you know, you can, you have some ownership and control over what goes into your body. Let's, let's try different things. And I think, you know, pretty sure I tried the zone diet or whatever the, this, the, that, and, and I kind of fell into the plant-based even raw plant-based for a while because I listened to the messages and, and there's, you know, good points and bad points, which we can discuss later, but I kind of fell prey to that almost a religion of putting only good, clean things into your body. And that's going to, um, uh, you know, then you will. And at that time it wasn't even about performance. It was just about health. I thought, yeah, I'm going to live till I'm a hundred and you know, my body will look great. And it's all this clean, clean. That's oh, one of my least favorite words. If, if you washed your food, it's clean. Other than that, then clean and dirty <laughs> just doesn't. And I mean, dirty food sounds more fun. Dirty than- food. Yeah. <laughs> Like, give me the dirty food the dirty any food. day of the week. Who wants clean, totally. clean food is boring. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, but through that, I, you know, was, it was not healthy and it started an obsession with the connection between food and my body. And, and, um, you know, I only eating and, and again, I wasn't when done in the right context, I think a plant-based diet can be very beneficial for some people. And I think there's certainly pros uh, for doing it. So this isn't, I'm not bashing plant-based diets. I wasn't doing it correctly. I w- was doing it more obsessively. And, you know, I I'm trying to think if at that point I had lost my period yet. I think that was more later when I was under fueling. Um, I, I just... I didn't enjoy eating. I was tired all the time. I, um, you know, skin and hair and nails just, it wasn't healthy. My digestion was messed up. And looking back, I realized I wasn't, you know, able to really put on muscle. And I just kind of, it, it, it wasn't a healthy diet for me. I was absolutely missing out on some pretty vital vitamins and minerals and nutrients. So was it those physical things that were, that made you realize, like you said, like your nails, your hair, like, is that kind of what made you realize, Oh, this isn't good for me. Yes. Yeah. And bacon. (laughs) I realized I missed bacon. I was like, like, I think it's like the gateway drug back. I think I had something and I thought, you know what, this is actually, and then I realized that I wasn't specifically doing it. I mean, I know I wasn't doing it strictly for ethical reasons or, you know, like a lot of plant-based people do. And I went, this just isn't really the way that I want to live. And then I started to learn that there's a balance between the dietary choices that you make and whether you're making some for ethical reasons or some for health reasons or some to fill vitamin and mineral deficiencies. Uh, It's highly personal and highly, um, I think it, it evolves over your life. And, and it suits you at one time. Is it going to suit you at another? Yeah. And so when you work with athletes who are vegetarian or plant-based, what do you suggest for them? 
Sure. I will support them a hundred percent in their, their choices. And that's where the discussion often comes of let's get some blood work done Mm -hmm. and let's see what's going on inside to know, okay, are there some vitamin B deficiencies, which is pretty common in plant-based athletes, vitamin D, are you getting enough of that? What do your iron stores look like? Um, and sometimes what does your cholesterol look like? Because they're not, they might be plant-based, but they might not be making the best choices for plant-based. They're using fake meats or fake, you know, they're living off bars, uh, Mm. And because it's easier, convenient. And, you know, I think we've all heard like Oreos are vegan, (laughs) (laughs) like, or pop tarts are vegan. And it's like, that doesn't mean that that's what you should have all the time. So, uh, addressing those needs and then understanding why their decision is plant-based. And if it's because if it's ethical, there's, there's not much, you know, okay. Mm -hmm. Nothing comes from animals. That's your choice. But if it's more, I think this is better for my health. Then I look at do you have a family history of heart disease? Okay. That's probably a good choice to go more plant-based. Are you trying to get pregnant? We might have to add in, you know, especially if you are going to be pregnant, we might have to add in some eggs, you know, and omega threes and DHEA, like supplements that will help the baby. And so it's understanding what their goals are and then kind of guiding them through that. Uh, And for endurance athletes, especially are all of your, you know, there's a fine balance between meeting your protein needs and overdoing it on carbohydrates because a lot of plant-based sources of protein are higher in carbohydrates. So kind of finding that balance of meeting all of their needs. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So it's like an ongoing discussion and puzzle where we try to fit different things together. Right. How did you find the right balance for you? in terms of nutrition and what you're eating on a date? Cause it sounds like you had sort of a personal journey with it. Like how, where did you land? I landed on probably, I would say 80% plant-based and mm. then, and that's more of, I just happen to love, you know, vegetables and salads and, and blood work kind of determined, like I need red meat in my diet. I'm even when I supplement, I'm constantly low. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I have red meat, uh, fish is a really healthy, uh, source of protein for me. I like it. So I include it a lot, um, eggs, you know, the choline and eggs and, and again, an affordable source of protein to kind of meet those needs. So it's things that I like and enjoy, but also having done blood work and having seen kind of how my body feels, I, I can tell pretty quickly if I'm not eating enough or if I'm lagging on certain things, like, you know, uh, I'm not getting enough of like the probiotic foods in my diet. I can tell my gut that's, it's not the same as when I'm being mindful. Oh, you can tell. I can. Interesting. How do you, how do you, how can you tell that? I, cause that's one thing I have never, you know, there's some parts I haven't been an elite athlete. Like there's some things I can tell right away. Like I know I'm pretty quick to realize things, but like gut, and microbiome, that stuff. Like I don't have any read. How do I know? Well, I would say, are your, it's kind of such a personal discussion. Are your mm-hmm. bowel movements regular every day? Are, I think so, because, but that's because of coffee. Yeah, well, so <laughs> like, I'm, <laughs> I, uh, you know, maybe try a couple days with like a, your coffee later on in the day and see, uh, you know, if you're, so 
regular bowel movements is one, uh, gas, bloating, um, appetite changes. If, you know, if you're not properly digesting and, and eliminating a lot of your foods, your appetite will change. And so I can tell like, oh, if, if, you know, I didn't eat very well the day before my stomach just, it, it'll then take another day or so. Or if like, if I'm traveling notoriously, when I travel, my body just does not like traveling. Mm-hmm. Um, and so digestion is a bit off. You can feel a bit full. Um, if certain foods that shouldn't make you tired, all of, you know, you consume them all of a sudden you're like, God, this always makes me feel just kind of blah then, you know, that, and before it didn't something, something is off. Right. Interesting. I'm going to start paying attention. I know you got to listen. And my athletes will know, aside from asking them about bowel movements and gas and bloating, it's like, what, you know, are you peeing regularly? What color is your urine? You know, yeah. we're looking at all of the things. And when we're looking at their blood work, it's like, oh, you, they say no one knows me better. Like my spouse doesn't even know me this well. <laughs> and I'm having these discussions with you, but it's all important. It's all, you know, it, for people, athletes that love data so much, mm-hmm. we're sure shy on not sharing the, like the data that really matters on a daily basis. Totally. Although I don't know. I know a lot of athletes who aren't shy about talking about like <laughs> talking about their bowels or whatever, especially from Iron Man when you like <laughs> That's, yeah. you have to have a strategy for that, you know. <laughs> oh yes, you do. <laughs> um, what about what about supplements? Like, do you when you work with athletes, do you recommend supplements? How do you decide? And are those supplements different? What you might recommend for women would it be different to um, to what you'd recommend for men? Definitely, I and this is kind of a fuel, and it's part of our mantra. Supplements should be a complement to a whole food diet. Like you should not be using supplements as a, you know, to, to, to fill your diet. It shouldn't be something that you rely on real whole foods first. That should make up the bulk of your diet, 95% even. And that's because whole food is more satiating. It helps with blood glucose control. It helps prevent disease phytonutrients, vitamins, minerals, antioxidants, all of those things that you get in real food, not to mention the social aspect of eating real food. And, uh, you know, it's right. Oh, you mean like if someone's replacing like a whole meal with a shake? Oh yeah. And yeah. Yeah. And athletes too. And, you know, I've done it. I'm not pointing the finger. It's, it's convenient. It's fast. You're training Mm -hmm. twice a day. You're exhausted. It's easier Mm -hmm. to just, you know, have a shake or, pop a multivitamin and go, Oh yeah, I didn't get any veggies. I've had athletes do this. Like, well, I don't eat a lot of veggies, but I have a multivitamin. So it's like, okay, (laughs) okay, that's great. Thank you for taking, but you know, so you shouldn't be relying on supplements as an excuse to eat a poor diet. Whole real food is best. However, if you've had, and I'm very adamant about not just telling people to take supplements, get your blood work done and know what it is that you, your body is lacking or your body needs. There's definitely some common components that I see in pretty much every athlete, but I'm going to recommend different things. If you have high cholesterol and we need to work on that, then if your, you know, um, ferritin levels are low. Mm-hmm. So, it, and I, and I, you don't want to over prescribe things. And I think it's very easy in our society to want to pop a pill and solve a problem or, 
have an insurance or whatever. And, and we can all get caught up in that, the marketing. Even I, when I see a new supplement or pill come out and I'm like, oh, I'm going to have to try that. Well, that sounds interesting. Even though I know it's like, that's probably not going to do much, but it's still the, the lure of, of something that will help performance or help sleep or help what digestion mm. there. And, and I get it, but it's definitely something that you don't want to just guess. As a lifelong runner and triathlete turned CrossFitter, I am stoked to announce that the athletic eyewear brand Tofosi Optics has joined us as a partner here at Feisty Media. Tofosi sports glasses hit all the marks for athletes. They're shatterproof poly bicarbonate, so the lenses not only reduce glare, but also offer scratch resistance, which I 100% need. They stay in place when you are moving. The hydrophilic rubber nose pads actually get more grippy the more you sweat, so they are secure and don't slide down your face even when you're running in hot conditions. No matter what sport you do, Tofosi has shades for you. Whether you love tennis, fishing, pickleball, running, cycling, or just hanging out on the beach. They are super reasonably priced, which I love, so I can have multiple pairs that go with any outfit. And of course, feisty listeners get a special discount. So head on over to tofosioptics.com and use the code FM20. FM as in Feisty Media to get 20% off your order. That's FM20 at tofosioptics.com. I'll put a link in the show notes to make it easy for you. Building muscle can be tough and gains can be so slow, even for those of us who do a lot of strength training. As an ex-endurance athlete who is now in perimenopause, I know this all too well. It can be frustrating to put in the time in the gym and not see the results I'm looking for. That's why it's super important to take the right supplements at the right time. One of those supplements is essential amino acids, which are needed to trigger muscle protein synthesis. Muscle protein synthesis happens when you eat high quality protein like eggs or whey. And by supplementing with additional essential amino acids, you can make sure you are getting the full benefit of your training sessions. Targeted essential amino acid formulas can be up to four times more effective than just eating protein. I've been taking amino acids for almost a year, and in combination with eating quality protein and a couple other supplements, I have managed to turn the tides on age-related muscle loss, which starts at 30 for women, by the way, and I have continued to make strength gains as I head towards 50. AminoCo has been a longtime sponsor of Feisty Media and has supported all of our brands and podcasts over the years. I recommend starting with AminoCo Perform, and you can grab some at aminoco.com forward slash performance. If you enter the code performance, you will save 30% and receive a free gift if it is your first purchase. Give it a try and let me know how it goes. That's aminoco.com forward slash performance and use the code performance to save 30%. For decades, running shoes have been researched, 
tested and designed for men. Brands have relied on the shrink it and pink it approach to sell male shoes to female customers. That's why we are so excited to be working with Hedas. Hedas designs athletic footwear for women that elevates performance, safety, and style. Hedas unlocks the science behind women's biomechanics through dedicated research, creates better shoes for women that support their longevity and performance, and establishes new design standards to promote transparency in a male-biased industry. Hedas have a lower ankle collar to reduce rubbing, a breathable mesh toe box to allow for ventilation and to allow for female toe shape, a special kind of plate in the midsole to keep tired legs going, a narrow heel cup to reduce heel slippage and take the pressure off our Achilles, and a rounded instep to create a snug fit. Hedas has three shoe models designed for different sessions, the Alma Cruise for long runs, the Alma Tempo for training days, and the Alma Speed for pushing the pace. I've personally been running in the Alma Cruise and I love them. It's the shoe I always wanted and never knew I needed. The fit is perfect in every way. You can get your own pair of Hedas at Hedas.com and use the code FEISTY20 for 20% off. That's FEISTY20 at Hedas.com and it will all be in the show notes. Test first. Yeah. Are there any supplements that you think all active women should take? Vitamin D or vitamin D3 uh, is definitely one that I think is a good idea. And especially with its relation to depression and anxiety. And I think it's mental health awareness month might as well pop that in that like your mental health is very important. And I notice when I'm not taking, if I'll go through a season of not taking vitamin D, which mine is always low, I can tell I'm just not the same. I'm not the same person. How does that show up for you personally? I, uh, am less interested in participating in sport or social things. I am more introverted, which if you know me all of 10 seconds, I'm the least introverted person you will ever encounter. Um, I'm, I, I will sleep as opposed to like going out and doing something. So it's, and it, I can feel it pretty, pretty quickly. I know like something's something's off. So vitamin D3, I would say is pretty safe bet. Mm-hmm. Um, I, an iron supplement, again, probably a pretty safe bet, especially if you're a menstruating female and like, I have a very heavy cycle, especially if you're someone that has a heavy cycle. Um, I think a probiotic supplement is probably a good idea for most people, especially if you're not including those foods with pre and probiotics. So yogurt, for kimchi, miso, all of those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for plant-based athletes, a B complex for sure mm-hmm. is pretty useful in general. I think a turmeric supplement is an excellent idea. Turmeric supplement. How does, what does that do? The older I get, the more I am like, my body just hurts all the time. Oh, I okay. want, so for lowering inflammation, Mm-hmm. Um, helping with any kinds of pain, aches and pains, turmeric is excellent for circulation. It's an antioxidant. So it's overall, I count that as one of my like health supplements, not necessarily performance supplements are one thing and then health, everyday health are another. And I put turmeric in that category. And I think 
anyone that's taken turmeric for an extended period of time and then stops will tell you like, oh yeah, I started, my back started hurting again, or I felt my knees or, and again, quality, a quality supplement. Um, Don't, don't go to the like Costco where they sell, you know, I think if you can get a a bottle of pills for $19.99 and it's like a 60 day serving, probably not. worth you should probably again not to buy the most expensive kind but do the do the research and and um you know use a reputable brand if you're you're throwing your money away otherwise yeah and would like with turmeric would cooking with turmeric also yeah definitely absolutely i would say include it in everything i do that that turmeric tea or turmeric latte the the golden milk latte got popular for a while i like that at night um, I think that's a great one and including it in your food. Anytime you can include herbs and spices in your food, it, you're going to see a benefit. Mm. There's phytonutrients in those, you know, cinnamon for blood, for blood sugar control, um, ginger for any kind of stomach ailment for immune supporting, you know, there's, there's a reason that these spices and herbs have been around as long as they have and cultures right long before we came along, we're using them yeah. without, you know, they didn't have the science in the lab. They just knew that their bodies responded better and they felt better and they were healthier for, for incorporating all of these things. So then when you're working with an athlete, you'll, t- will you typically do a blood test, try to get them to do a blood test? Um, what about something like, like we're sponsored by inside tracker. They're the only people I let touch my blood. <laughs> oh, amazing. Okay. So how do you, like when you get the results, right? I got my inside tracker results and they sort of tell you a little bit about what you're supposed to take, whatever, but are you able to go more in depth with the results and, and give people um, recommendations? Definitely. Yep. It's, yeah. it, we can look at trends over time. I can get a good family history, especially for things like cholesterol. I want to know, you know, because cholesterol is very much genetics is, and so many endurance athletes I see have cholesterol issues and looking at them, you would be like, they're, they're in the best shape in the world. And so Mm -hmm. I look at stuff like that. We look at then exact, like what they're eating and when they're eating it, what kinds of supplements they're taking. And I think what I love about inside tracker is they make it very understandable and you can keep a record. So you can see where you were when you tested at this time. And then when you tested again at this time mm-hmm. and their food recommendations, I think it helps athletes are stubborn. If they hear it from inside tracker and they hear it from me, right. You know, it's, it's a better, it's more cohesive. It's like, they're getting it from both sides. Yeah. They're more likely to believe it. And, and then they kind of, they're curious. They say, like, Oh, well, if this is optimal, why do you think I'm not, you know, why do you think I'm below optimal? And then we can talk about it. It starts a discussion. Right. That's hilarious. I think, you know how inside tracker, I think it's a bit of a gimmick, but I kind of love it where they give you your internal age. Oh gosh. Like I admit to being like overly focused on the (laughs) internal age. Like when they tell you, oh, you need to eat more beans. I'm like, I may or may not do that. Like the actual thing that might help, (laughs) like, but I'm super focused on like getting my internal age down for the next test. It's a badge of honor, especially because at, you know, 43 years old, I don't feel like I'm that old, which I'm, you know, it's neither here nor there. So when I look at my inside age and I'm like, 27. You're darn right. That's how you got, I feel. You got 27. Yeah, I did. Well, oh. this was when I was 40 and that, and I'm like, okay, at 40, my inner age is that. Yes. Yes. 
Wow. Okay. I did it. I was 45. That was a year ago. And I got 41. And I was very upset that I was like still over 40. <laughs> but this is why previous to that test, uh, I, my, again, vitamin D was off. Iron was off. My glucose was up, which was odd. Um, I, I wasn't doing, I was low, low carbohydrate for this test. And it was, I think when I was 38, and it was 36 or something like, like it was not, and I went, you know, so that's when, again, I see it's like this badge of honor to have your, in your inner age. And I thought, I'm changing things, moving this along. Thank you. Oatmeal. (laughs) Thank you. Beans. (laughs) Yeah. I admittedly didn't like follow the instructions very well. So I feel like I might've been a little like dehydrated. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) yeah, see, and that's the other thing too. Athletes don't know you shouldn't take your, you know, you shouldn't do your blood work after 24 hours after a really hard session, right? Test it, you know, don't change your diet. Uh, You can take out some supplements before there's a lot of things that affect that can impact, I should say the test. Yeah. So as someone who's worked with a lot of female endurance athletes, do you see general trends, like things that we can be looking out for and what are they? Number one would be fueling properly, fueling adequately, fueling for the work that you're actually doing. So many female and and some, some male, this isn't just a female issue, but primarily in the female athletes that I work with, they're underfueled. They are not, and I don't know if it's because they're worried about gaining weight and they think that's going to affect performance if it's because they've, you know, heard the different diet trends of intermittent fasting or low or low carbohydrate or whatever it may be that that's impacted them. Um, but when I can convince them to not only incorporate more food on their, on a day-to-day basis, but during training sessions and they see like, Oh, I'm feeling so much better. I'm I think they're recovering so much faster is a huge component I just had a female athlete that, you know, it does, is very low carb that had kind of been a focus and she was doing a, a marathon and she said, you know, I, we talked about having more carbohydrates and we implemented them kind of the, you know, week before. And she's like, this just feels like so much. And the race was a Saturday And she said, Sunday, she goes, I felt like I could have ran again. And I've never felt like that from, you know, during a race or after a race. And it's because, you know, you, you take care of your body and and you feed it and fuel it properly. Mm -hmm. It's it's going to respond. Our bodies want to recover and, and want to be able to build, rebuild muscle. And so I think the under fueling component is definitely something that I see quite frequently that I would like to just. And the, the detrimental effects of underfueling, you don't see them right away. And then all of a sudden, that's when the stress fractures happen. That's when, you know, you've, and, and I underfueled, I, I, I've told this story before, but uh, at the time, Matt Dixon with Purple Patch was coaching, was coaching me and he pulled me out of the pool one morning and said, you know, I'm worried <laughs> what's going on. Like, mm-hmm. and it just, obsessing over performance and Mm -hmm. seeing at the time, again, this was years ago, 2014, 2015, um, you know, only the like super lean 
triathlete or lean runner image, thinking that that would be faster and better. And, you know, I didn't have a period for years, years. Wow. It was like, oh, well, convenient. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And you can kind of ignore, you know, all the while not realizing the damage that it was doing to my bones, raising, you know, uh, cancer risk, hair falling out, night sweats, like all of those things that you can ignore. And I think a lot of females ignore because they want to look a certain way or they think if they're going to perform and, you know, takes a couple stress fractures and you're like, yeah, okay, I get it now. And the, you know, I think Holly Lawrence has been pretty vocal about that. And other kind of pro triathletes have said, if you don't fuel properly, eventually you have to yeah. pay for that. Yeah. I think, you know, I saw it a lot of my career with people, like sometimes you would get away with one good result. So somebody might be under fueling, get a little lighter and run faster on one occasion and then just hold that in their head as like, but I was successful here when it's not like for the long term, it's not sustainable. Um, and then get stuck in a loop of like under fueling. Yeah. Yeah. How did you talk yourself? How did you mentally cope with like getting out of that cycle and like actually teaching yourself to eat more? Cause I know, like, you know, I've talked to a lot of people about this and it's pretty hard to eat more. Like you just said, you had an athlete who's like, that seems like a lot of carbs, right? Like that's how it feels. So how did you sort of talk yourself into it? It's, I would say it's still a daily process years later, still every now and then, you know, and I love social media for a lot of things, but I dislike it for a lot of things. And, you know, anytime someone comments, because I, I, the last three years, I really got into strength training, which was the best decision. I best sporting decision I have made maybe ever. Um, but it completely changed my body completely, like probably at least 10 pounds heavier, but yet the same, like, I mean, I mean, my arms and whatever are bigger, but like body fat percentage didn't change. So this was like solid muscle, you know? And people will still, you know, oh, wow, like you're, you're so much bigger than you used to be or people oh, say that oh, to you. Oh, gosh. Oh, they're like, oh, you know, and I think some people intend it as a compliment, but it's not always received that way. And, and so, well, and not always appropriate to be commenting on someone else's body, which is full stop. Agreed. <laughs> But the the counter argument to that is then why do you post pictures on Instagram if you don't want? And it's like, well, I I didn't know that. I didn't know that I was submitting this for a public, you know, (laughs) like like I didn't, I didn't ask in the comment. I didn't say, please let me know what you think of my, of my legs today. (laughs) Totally. Oh God. Um, So I think for anyone that struggles with that, it's not just a magical overnight, all of a sudden you're like, Oh yeah, great. I'm going to eat stuff. The, because my health was suffering and because I didn't want to be in, I didn't want to be the injured athlete anymore. Mm -hmm. I did, you know, not having a cycle. It's like, well, I want to have kids someday. And you know, these, all these other bigger, more important things. And then there were other female athletes that I admired so much, like Meredith Kessler, for example, who was very much like, you know, you have to eat, <laughs> you have to be, this is what I eat. This is what I, so more women that were strong and fast. Yeah. Sharing what they did mm-hmm. helped to make it easier. And then once I started actually eating and fueling properly, it was such a night and day difference that I didn't 
I didn't ever want to go back to underfueling and um yeah and then it, life just got better when you're underfueled you're not happy you're not you know obsessing about food isn't isn't ever fun it's not fun and then also like <clears throat> there's other knock-on effects like if I think about like you know event if you're not eating enough you get like spacey in the brain and like you're just you're like not enjoying life as much in certain moments right so I can see how there'd be like an overall accumulative effect that's like hey my life just got better because <laughs> I'm eating yes. yeah yes. yeah totally I, I want to hit on strength training too because I also had this you know Beautiful. it's What's you that? Nailed you. I remember watching you do pull up, like building your pull ups and being like, that's, I'm doing that. That's, she, look at her go. She's so strong. Yeah. So, I like, I love it now. It's one of those things that like we didn't know, like you didn't know what you didn't know. So, like, I have this, it, and it's not, I, I'm not someone who I don't sit in regret like at all, but I do realize like that if I had had, if I had known or if I'd had a coach that had known, the effect that strength training was going to have on me before I said it, like I retired from professional triathlon started doing CrossFit and that therefore started doing more strength training than I had been doing. Now I realized, Oh, I would have been way stronger on the bike. Like I always struggled with my bike strength. <laughs> like we were, I wasn't doing enough strength work. And then my coach was like deciding, making decisions based on studies that were done only on men mm-hmm. that said that, that endurance athletes only need to do sport specific strength. So that was like big gear stuff on the bike, which like super helpful. Right. But like not heavy, like, uh, you know, I should have been doing like heavy squats. Um, And so now I sort of recognize that. So just to pull this back to the nutrition piece. So like when, when, you know, when an athlete is like, now we've sort of had this bit of a revolution and I could see how like there's way more women lifting and understanding the importance of that for their training or for their overall health. Like, so how do we recover properly from a strength program, whether that's like for life or to also incorporate endurance training? Sorry, that was like a massive question. (laughs) But it's an important question because I think Mm -hmm. if, I think one of the reasons that endurance athletes don't, especially females don't do this is because it takes away time from their, their swim, bike and run training. And they think like, oh, there's no value in it. And when they do try to do it, they're exhausted. And then they're, they don't have the ability to like train as hard or they think uh, they could not train as hard um, because they're, you know, strength work is hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> not that, like the stuff that I thought it was before it's like, when you do it properly, your, your body feels it. So I think that women should, and men, I think creatine is very much undervalued mm-hmm. supplement world. And I think it's a game changer for recovery performance. Um, studies now have shown the, the cognitive effects I mean, I have, you know, my parents, uh, aging, aging parents, it helps, you know, with dementia and, and maintaining bricks and really, and, oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. Interesting. Yes. Um, anyone that's had any concussion or head injuries, creatine, it, like, I don't know, cause I don't do nutrition for the NFL, but they should all be taking it. I mean, mm-hmm. if I had daughters that played soccer, you know, the concussion risk for heading the ball, like they would be on creatine. Um, so I think that that is a supplement specific that, that will help not just with strength training, but with performance overall and recovery. Yeah. Is there timing with the creatine supplement? Uh, yes and no. I think if you're, if you're using it specifically for strength, then having it 
before is, is helpful. Mm-hmm. But I think for the majority of us, I mean, I take it after I strength train. Um, it, it doesn't make that much of a difference unless you're specifically lifting to try to, you know, unless you're doing like Olympic lifting or, or some kind of CrossFit like that. So just taking it daily is beneficial. And for the daily three to five grams, and I think, you know, females at, at 110 to 160 pounds, you're probably okay with that three grams. Mm-hmm. uh, three grams a day mark and create again, it's one of the most, it's one of the least expensive, mm-hmm. most widely studied, clean, safe supplements to take. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that will help. And then where the strength training is concerned, it really does come down to making sure you're meeting your protein requirements for the day mm. and getting that in, you know, your carbohydrates are great for a lot of things we need them, you know, for endocrine health and brain function and for sports performance, especially. Uh, but then, you know, protein plays a pretty significant role in muscle development and recovery. And I think a lot of athletes, if you're not really cognizant and mindful, you're probably not getting meeting your daily protein needs. Right. Right. So I, I mean, I think, yeah, I think there's a lot out there about protein and I, I, I want to talk about your, um, I want to talk about your journey with cancer and the fuel and app. <laughs> so, so I'm going to push ahead. Like I didn't realize this until I just, did, until I did the research for this podcast, but tell me about your, um, your cancer survivor. Oh gosh. N- cervical cancer, not anything. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nothing. Nope. Nothing, uh, significant. And, uh-huh. um, yeah, uh-huh. I think thank goodness, uh, for health coverage and health insurance. Um, because at the time when I was living in San Francisco, I didn't have it and planned parenthood that offers healthcare for women Mm -hmm. and they found it in a screening. So I guess probably the, the most important thing I would take away from that is the fact that, uh, planned parenthood, sorry, this turned into a social message. Planned parenthood just isn't for uh, abortions or birth control. It is a health care system for women and families that can't afford or don't have health care. Mm, amazing. Yeah. So, and, and go and get screened. Like yes. even I, I'm pretty guilty of like not being up to date on my pap smear and that yeah. kind of stuff. Like, and yeah. it's, I just had a, my, like, what is it? They check, you know, every year and it just came back, like still no, you know, no return. And it's like, okay, this is, you know, this is why we do this stuff so that we can take care of ourselves and yeah, live long. So yes, everyone go out, get that uncomfortable pap and <laughs> get, get your boobs checked, get the mammogram. Yeah. <laughs> what we need is for them to invent just like better ways, uh-huh. like so there are the archaic ways of testing with the, the implements that are used. It's just like somebody figure this out, please. Yes, you know it was designed. I mean, we could get into a whole discussion of the medical field and and men creating, you know, uh, the tools, the the devices, the everything involved with all this. Like, you know, <laughs> prostate exams are not like they don't put them in a machine and squeeze that. Like it's done. It's yeah. done. By <laughs> Right. Like it is very gentle. 
Yeah. I mean, There's I, nothing I, made out I, of metal going, yeah, going not, in not there. Sitting in a machine. Again, I haven't had one, but from what I understand, <laughs> this is like, I don't know. Do they, do they like sing to them and soothe them? Probably like where we're stuck in this ice cold room, either legs in a very awkward position or boobs in a very awkward position. So yeah, someone should, someone should change the system. A hundred percent. Yeah. Um, okay. And, and just recently the fuel and app has, have joined our podcast as one of our sponsors. And I know you're involved with them. How did you get involved with fuel in? I, I wish that I had a transition to go from prostate exams. To- I know. <laughs> That I, I just was dove that good on my feet to be like, well, while we're okay, while we're speaking of testing and recording and things that were designed for men only by men, the Fuelin app is, I think, the importance of having a an on hand system to manage how you fuel. So Fuelin, what we do is we connect your training, so either from Training Peaks or Today's Plan and implement into that our fueling recommendations. So daily, what you should be, again, not specifically because I don't know what's in your kitchen uh, or what you feel like eating that day, but what your protein, fat, and carbohydrate needs are for that day in general. And then specifically what you would need to fuel your different sessions. So the benefit of having your training in there is not only do I know basically what you'll be doing for the each day, but I can see, oh, this is a, you know, a four hour brick. It's a three hour ride and a, and an hour run. And there are going to be some race interval, some intervals at race intensity at this. So I know that I'm going to, you know, recommend that you are, you know, fueling properly, hydrating properly. So I can kind of cater that specifically to your different training sessions, as well as make sure, as I, like I said earlier, that you're properly fueling your body every day to get the most out of it. So each week the athletes, you know, when their coaches put their new training in notifies me and I run, you know, can run their nutrition plan check to make sure that it's, you know, where I want it. And the app has recipes and videos and it, it it syncs with my fitness pal and your Apple data. So I know what my athletes are eating. They know we can have a discussion about it. And we can track, you know, how your mood was, how your sleep was, um, how your training went. And then I can see and look back, oh, you know, this was a hard week of training. Okay. Well, your sleep was off. You didn't sleep as much as you could have or should have. You were under fueling on these days. And, you know, your training wise, like maybe it's time we bring in your coach and say, okay, your body's not recovering. What should we be looking at? So it can not only be a discussion between the athlete and myself, but we can loop their coach in as well. And then, you know, now you're like, you have a team of people working, uh, working and kind of taking care of you. And then the other element that I love about the app is we do carb and sweat testing, the carb and call it carb testing, but really it's, you know, we know that athletes that can consume more carbohydrates during racing or going to go faster and be able to perform longer. And a lot of athletes, you know, either haven't trained their gut to be able to consume more. And so we ask for at least 12 weeks out from their a race. Okay. Let's do some, some carbohydrate testing. Let's practice what you're going to do. And they can log that into the app 
And then we can say, all right, you're right now you're consuming like 40 grams of carbs an hour. That's probably not enough. So let's see what ways we can work that in and increase that sweat testing. Same thing. What are your uh, hydration requirements? How much are you consuming? And from the athlete's perspective, a lot of them say, well, I never really spent the time to sit down and do all of this or really make it habitual. And I think that's one of the benefits is if for better or worse, you have me or Scott in your ear all the time, like, are you fueling regularly? Are you hydrating regularly? This ride didn't have enough, you know, your sweat rate went up in this ride. Let's look at, let's look at why, oh, you didn't have enough electrolytes on or the temperature was hotter. And so it's all this data that then we can help, help them kind of understand what's going on Mm -hmm. and turn it into performance. How do you know someone's sweat rate? Are you weighing them? Yep. Yep. Weigh them before and after how much fluid they consumed temperature outside temperature. And again, that doesn't tell us sodium loss. Mm -hmm. Those are two separate things, but it does at least tell us, you know, uh, if they're losing, you know, less than 1%, they're probably okay. Two to 3%. Okay. We should, you know, make sure that they're hydrating a lot. Oh, this person lost five per five to 9% of their body weight. Okay something we should, you know, we have to look at the electrolytes they're using, how much fluid they're consuming. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's makes sense. Somewhat simple formula. Yeah. How it feels to me, like, cause I loved, like I did the walkthrough um, yeah. with, is it Jonathan? Yes. Yep. And did the walkthrough and I was like, Oh, I, I said this in the podcast a couple of weeks ago, but like, I wish I'd had something like that. Like the way that it kicks you out a recipe sort of for what you need, it's kind of like that makes the process really easy. It's like, Oh, here's the recipe for my recovery smoothie or my dinner or the thing that like the fueling that I need. Um, but doesn't that kind of put you out of business? <laughs> uh, yes. Which is great <laughs> in that, um, you know, I've always said, as much as I love working with athletes, I hope that they learn enough for me and then can go, go along about their own, about their own way. Mm. Um, and I think the personal side of the coaching is what, like, there will always be athletes that want interpretation and want help understanding. And, and it's different, you know, I can, mathematically, I can create formulas, Scott can create formulas that, that the science tells us works and what they need, but we have to look at the data and interpret the data and go, okay, oh, this athlete, you know, technically they could be on 1.2 grams per kilogram for protein every day, but they function better when they're at 1.6. So, you know, so making those tweaks and adjustments, Mm -hmm. um, I think, and left to their own devices, even with an app, athletes will still, you know, not, not do their sweat tests or not in, you know, cause training your gut to take on more carbohydrates can be somewhat uncomfortable and cumbersome. So they won't do it on their own if someone's not reminding them. Oh, totally. I sort of asked that question about putting you in a business, like a bit tongue in cheek because, <laughs> because like, yeah, you can't and like an app is amazing. And like I said, like, I love the idea of being of something that can actually compute what I need based on my training. I mean, it's a great idea. Um, but at the end of the day, like the accountability that comes from a human kit, that's the part that can't be replaced. Right? Yep. Yep. And you know, my, the athletes that I get to talk to every week, I think they like, you know, we talk, we talk about recipes, we talk about their fueling, we talk about what worked and what didn't. And I think that 
kind of teamwork feel just like, you know, you could same thing with a coach. You could get a plan, a training plan, a 12 week training plan online. Right. Not the same, not the same thing as actually having a coach that knows you and can adjust. And mm-hmm. so, yeah. Amazing. Okay. Well, Elizabeth, thank you so much. This has been fun um, and very easy. So thank you for the wonderful conversation. Thank you so much. I love, I, there were some good laughs in there and definitely topics that I haven't been able to cover before. So thank you for creating such a vibrant and in my opinion, interesting, interesting hour. We can do it again. Definitely. definitely. Who knows what we'll discuss. <laughs> exactly. Endurance sports should be accessible to everyone, right? That's why we are so excited to be partnering with Motive. Motive is one of the fastest growing training apps in the world today with thousands of amateur athletes signing up every month and a nearly perfect 4.9 star rating in the app store. You are not a template and your training plan should not be either. Prepare for running races, triathlons, cycling events, duathlons, or swim runs, however your season schedule shapes up, and get training written by some of the best coaches in the world in each discipline who know what it takes to help amateur athletes reach their goal on race day. The app takes the training written by those experts and then creates the most optimal training plan for your schedule, abilities, and goals. Plus, the training is fully customized to your race schedule, how much you can train each week, your current abilities, and the goals you want to achieve in your race. You can use the app for free as long as you want or get all the upgraded features from the app for just $19.99 a month. But as a feisty listener, you can sign up at mymotive.com and use the code FEISTY for two months of full premium access. That's right, you get two months of premium for free. So you quite literally have nothing to lose. So head over to mymotive.com, M-Y-M-O-T-T-I-V.com and use the code FEISTY, F-E-I-S-T-Y. And on a personal note, I know the founder of Motive and he is driven to make triathlon and all endurance sports more accessible for the athletes who care about their performance, but who aren't quite ready for a full-time personal coach. If that sounds like you, definitely try the app for two months for free. You literally have nothing to lose.